We're joined by the new Archbishop of Toronto, uh, Francis Leo. It's uh, nice to meet you, sir. Good to meet you, too. Nice to be here. Now, it probably isn't a good policy to start by teasing an Archbishop, but uh, I was all ready to ask you about your name being Frank Leo, but apparently it isn't really Frank Leo. So, But you have to be conscious of how much people are chortling in town, because Frank Leo is pretty well the biggest real estate around, uh, agent around. Very much aware of that, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> My real estate is a piece of heaven. That's what we're selling. There you go. Um, what was it like being installed? Oh, it was a wonderful celebration. I mean, people came out from, from all over. It was a very well put together uh, liturgy. I got to meet so many people uh, from across the board, from uh, social services and different groups and uh, education and uh, regular faithful, um, for, for elderly and young. It was it was a glorious moment of uh, of fraternity, of communion, of hope and excitement. Were you surprised by this, which I guess we can definitely call a promotion? Um, you had been, you started out as a priest in Montreal, you were in the di diplomatic service, um, but you have been promoted to the largest, you know, uh, parish and city in, in Canada. A huge surprise, absolutely. I didn't see this coming whatsoever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our life is a life of service. So uh, when you're asked by the Pope, uh, you say yes. And if I can contribute uh, to um, uh, to the mission, and that's what I'm here. So it was it was a surprise, but you, you know, uh, our whole life is saying yes and serving uh, God and others, and so this is just another opportunity to be able to do that in a big city, a big yeah. diocese, and with so many opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you and I are both Montrealers, so you know, it was actually quite reluctantly that I left Montreal, but I got a promotion I couldn't say no to. Um, but are you going to miss the bagels and smoked meat? I certainly will. Yeah, but I hear I've I've seen that they're selling the bagels in some of the shops over here. Uh, not so sure about the, but other things. But uh, and you know, I'll discover things in Toronto that we don't have in Montreal as well. But yeah, I mean, this is where I was born and raised. Of course, is always uh, I'm also from Montreal, but uh, I think Toronto is a great town as well. Well, I can actually tell you, um, I'm not far away from you right now. We're talking on Zoom, but um, in the neighborhood, within walking distance of the offices that you call headquarters, there actually is a Montreal caliber bagel house. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. <laughs> okay. Um. Kind of a funny question, I guess, for somebody who's in the priesthood. But, I mean, did you start out as an ambitious person? Did you imagine that you would end up being an archbishop? Absolutely not. No, my whole life was, uh, my dream was to be a priest, to be a parish priest in a community and, and spend my life with families and doing my best at the local level. That's all I wanted. How young in you did the calling come to become a priest? You know, as a child, I thought about it, but it, it became clearer as, as an adolescent. And uh, more and more as I got involved in, uh, in my, my own uh, community. Uh, so as a teenager, it became much clearer. Was there any hesitation? I think there are normal questions that you ask. Am I, is this for me? Is, or is it marriage? Or is it a single life? Uh, but then uh, there was a great peace, I got to say, in my heart when, uh, when at first I, uh, I said, no, I, I really feel that I'm called for this. I'm made for this. I'm, 
gifted for this. I'm, I'm, this brings me much joy. Um, and so let's try this. And you have served in many capacities within the church, including in the diplomatic service, because, uh, of course, people always forget Vatican City is a, a country and entity in and of itself. What is that like? Well, it's fascinating. I was uh, blessed to be able to uh, visit so many different countries and live in different countries and um, see how the church is relevant and is active there. Uh, and the struggles and the difficulties um, in being in a in a, a minority in a, in a in a country where you know um, there's so many different social uh, concerns that, that perhaps we don't have here. So it's, it was a growing experience because of a learning experience of uh, diversity, and then I'm really blessed to have done that. Um. You and I have a mutual friend, Bishop of the uh, Anglican Church in Quebec City. You'd probably know that I've had a relationship with your predecessor here in Toronto. Uh, a question I often ask people of faith is whether I pose some sort of a challenge, because I'm an agnostic, if not an atheist. And I wonder, you know, does that sort of fire you up and think, i got to bring this guy over? Or how do you approach that sort of thing? I take people for, at, uh, for who they are. And so whether you're a believer or you're not, I think there's goodness in, in every human being. And so in, in friendship, we can always build something beautiful together, bring our common concerns. And the human heart is the human heart, right? We're all made for truth and beauty and love. And so there are many more things that bring us together and then divide us. And so I, I like to focus on that more than anything else. We're in conversation with the new Archbishop of Toronto, Francis Leo, and it's not that Montreal's a monolith, but it's a much more Catholic city. I wonder how you approach Toronto, which is this sprawling multi-faith city. Well, you know, Montreal is a Catholic city, especially in its roots and in its history, but Toronto is much, is much bigger, and the Catholic population is much bigger as well. And so there are many more Catholic works. I'm talking about the Catholic school system and uh, social services, Catholic charities. Um, and so in that respect, it's, it's a bigger Catholic city. And, um, and, and it's exciting for me to be able to not only discover those and, uh, and join forces with the wonderful people who are doing great things, in all these levels, and maybe even uh, create some more, you know, build more bridges and create more opportunities. What is the day-to-day -day life of an archbishop like? I mean, I guess there has to be paperwork, and then you know, you got to say mass and various other things. But uh, it's what kind of a job is it? Yeah, well, we we prefer to talk about a vocation, a calling, and uh, well, part of it is of course prayer, prayer, and 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 different forms of prayer every day. And then there's also this meeting people, of course, that's key. Uh, more, than, more than paper, it's people. Spending time listening to people, learning, and, you know, bringing concerns forward. How can I help? Uh, and then, of course, is the administration. There's paperwork uh, that you need to do. And, and getting out into the community, getting out meeting people and different groups and different services that we're offering, encouraging, enhancing, helping, you know, be, being part of that and uh, contributing as much as I can with my leadership. Uh, and so they're full days. Absolutely. Sure. Um, I used to talk with your predecessor about the Holy Week, which we can do right now, and he was often quite lyrical 
about the things that he loved about the Holy Week. I wonder about your own take on things. Well, for me, it's um, it's it's all about love, the love of God that we see through Christ, the selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love that he showed us um, uh, this week, the last days of Christ on earth, and that the newness of life, the hope and the meaning uh, that he brings us, uh, men and women of faith, when we when we adhere to him. And so it's a relationship with a God of love, of unconditional love, who's always there for us, who cares for us, picks us up when we're low, uh, gives us a new beginning, cares about us so much, knows the woundedness of the world and our own woundedness and brokenness and limitations, and despite it all, loves us and um, helps us to bring it back together and infuses our lives with hope and meaning and beauty and love. And uh, that's what we celebrate. Thomas Gardner Collins would tell me his favorite part of uh, Holy Week was often there was uh, an event that brought together, I think, new priests. Um, I've talked with other people in the church who particularly love the Thursday ceremony of the washing of the feet. Others enjoy the meditation of Friday or just the joy of Sunday. Um, I I don't want you to pick your favorite child, but (laughs) do you have a favorite aspect in all of this? That's a great question. Uh, I guess it's the Easter Vigil, which is the Saturday night mass. It's the longest mass, the most complicated from a logistical perspective, but the most symbolic and therefore the most beautiful. So you start with the fire, bless the fire, light the candles, the church is dark. We proclaim Christ, the light of the world. We open, turn on the lights. We sing, there's incense, there are baptisms, there are confirmations. There's a lot of readings. Um, and, and it's really the mass of death and resurrection. So for me, all of that symbolism uh, brings me to life. And, uh, and I think it speaks to me a lot. And the Bishop of Quebec, Bruce Myers, already told me what your answer to this would be, but I'll ask it anyway. It is customary for the Archbishop of Toronto to be appointed a cardinal. Do you anticipate that that is going to happen? That's a funny question. I don't know. No one, who knows? So the Pope has his criteria and he's... Uh, you know, he, he does what he wants. He's a, he's a wonderful shepherd for us all. And uh, But we don't know. That's what he told me you were going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good man. He's an honest man. <laughs> Happy Easter. It's nice to meet you. And to you as well, John. All the best.